It's time. I'm not afraid. You will be. Suck it up. Pull up your big boy panties now. Because you lost. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Alabama! <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's cut right to the chase. Joshy Josh. Yeah! I know you were sitting on the edge of your seat watching every moment, along with Joe Salzone. Of course! Of this championship game. Every second. Alabama. Did not, did not know it was on last night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the, You're even wearing an Alabama shirt today. Look at thank you. Thank God for the porn channel, huh, Joe? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 26 to 23, it should come as no surprise to you because the great one predicted it before game time. Wow. Did you start to get nervous around the half there with 60 now? You know, I, I, I got to say, some of the things that happened in this game were so unprecedented. Um, first of all, for Saban to have the balls, and yes, I'm going to cut it right out there and say, like to have the cojones to put in a true freshman at halftime after the first half, mm-hmm. down by two touchdowns in the national championship game. And you got to remember something now. Put this in perspective. This is an 18-year-old kid yeah. with all those fans screaming and the bright lights and the fireworks. The president is there. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on to think that this kid could come in. But the decision to do it, with a guy who was twenty-five and two as a starter at halftime of the game, I have you will never see it again. Only because someone has seen that it could work, maybe with it having him. But anyone to have the guts to do what Saban did, knowing that they were going to have to throw the ball, mm-hmm. they weren't running it effectively against Georgia, and and no one knew that they were going to be able to stop them. They'd already they were already down by thirteen. So I, I can't believe that he had the guts to do it. When he walked out, I thought, wow, he's going to make a change at quarterback. In the national championship game, I mean that only happens when someone's bell's been rung or he's hurt or you know something. I've never seen it before, and you'll probably never see it again. That 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 was the game to me. That decision was the game. Uh, I, I I I'm I'm flabbergasted by it. A couple of things that jump out at me about it, uh, you know, and and I know enough because I played football and um, you know not at that level, but I played and I was a pretty good athlete. When you watch the camera behind Tua, the quarterback, on the last play of the game, now you're taught that defense, as a defensive back that you read the eyes of the quarterback. But then there's this, the second that it takes the quarterback to find the open receiver. That did not happen on this play. Watch the play again. He drops back, and he looks to his right so that he can bring the safety a little bit over to the right or keep him in the middle of the field. And then he just turns and throws the ball to the left. He knew in the huddle he was throwing that ball. Mm -hmm. He knew he had been sacked. It was second down and 26 yards for a first down. They were down by a field goal. They had to get in field goal range. He went for all of it, and he knew he was throwing to that guy before he stepped up and took the ball. And, man, the execution of that play, how you could ever be that cornerback and let someone get behind you under those circumstances is beyond me. That was a a terrible, terrible mistake by the defensive backfield for Georgia. Um, What an exciting finish. Uh, and no, I was never ner- I was never nervous. I I, ne- I knew that they were going to make it close. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a blowout, um, and it was just a matter of time. When the, when the when Papa Papa Suckett 
Yeah. Uh, uh, missed that, missed that, that field goal in regulation. It was a chip shot yeah. for, for a kicker in college. Like 37 yards, yeah, I think, something 36, like that. 36, I think. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it wasn't even close. No. It wasn't even close. In regulation, they could have they could have finished it right there. That was then, premature ecuculation. I think it was, absolutely. That's the technical term. It was. Uh, it is. is it Larry? <laughs> Larry's not on the button, though. He's enjoying the show. And then the heartbreak, the heartbreak of, uh, uh, of uh, the other guys. <laughs> The other guys, <laughs> that other team. <laughs> Completely blanked on it. Georgia? That's the one, yeah. I yeah. kept wanting to say Georgetown. I don't know why. No, Let's but go. I was Hoyas. <laughs> No, there's footage right now of the sidelines. Do you have any idea being a person that, you know, uh, that, that, that for an actor certainly yeah. knows? If you, if you expect when you listen to the show <laughs> to get Brent Axe or to get Matt Park, let me tell you why you're not going to get that. Because they're better at what they do than I do. <laughs> <laughs> they they live, they eat, they sleep, they defecate sports. Yeah. They oh. they they know. You know they, they they've been in the scene for a long time. I don't know what they know. I do what I do. So when I get people that come up to me, which I had a guy come up to me this morning, I'm at the store and he goes, "Hey man, I listen to you. That's pretty crazy for a sports show." And I go. Well, it's kind of just on a sports channel. We we talk about sports, but we talk about everything. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. The 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 clear answer to this question as to why you get what you you get is I got nothing else to give you. Yeah. I I got nothing else to give you. I like it. I I, it spices it up. I mean, it definitely has its audience. The guys that I meet to listen to the show go. Bro, you know, like I told you, you'll never understand when I go home with my wife and she goes, why do you do the, ah, you know, in the beginning and why do you, you know, and, and the great Ed Levine saying yeah. to me, too many references to Larry. Bob. Now I've had guys on my way up to his suite yelling Larry at me. <laughs> Larry, uh-huh. you know, I mean, so, so when it finds its niche, you yeah. know, the guys who, who appreciate what we're talking about and they get it and they, and they have fun listening to it and it's a break because... Guess what? Between three and four o'clock, nothing is going to happen in sports that you haven't found out about before my show. (laughs) And later on tonight, you're going to find out who won and how they won and if anything great happened. So right now, you might as well have some fun with us crazy idiots that are talking to you. And we we twisted around some sports. Short of up-to-the-minute curling coverage, we've got nothing between three and four. Have you ever curled? I haven't, but I love watching it. Let me tell you something. So I moved up to Canada. And I get up there, and this guy's in a curling club, my neighbor. He's like 80. Yeah. Okay, so and I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm going to kick this guy's ass in curling, right? <clears throat> right. <laughs> it's really hard. I've never done it. It's really hard. They have special skates and shoes, yeah. and they, and they, you know, you have to do it a certain way, and you, you, you're, you're lobbing this bad boy up there and trying to knock theirs out into the circle. And then you got these sweeping cats. Yep. On my, they're like, all right, well, we're going to teach you how to sweep. I went, yeah, no, I have no interest in sweeping. No. I have I, no I, interest in sweeping. I want to have the I'm rock stone, in my hand. I'm a stone I'm, thrower. I'm a yeah. stone. I'm, I'm a stone cold stoner. There is a, a curling club, I think, in Rome or Utica area. Oh, we, we really got to gotta get in there. We got to have, we got to have the Daniel Baldwin show entry. It is a bucket list item of you know mine. Who's my money man? Right there. Don't touch me. The Don't touch Larry, me. Larry, no physical Larry contact. Larry Stone Cold. <laughs> Cell Cell zone. <laughs> Larry Stone. Larry Stone. Larry Stones. Stones. Dude. And we'll just have a big ball sack as oh, our as our, as our thing. With handles I on. love it. I got. I want to go curling. That I'm down for all oh, day long. Oh, we got to have a curling team. Would the great ones? Can we get the great one to call in from the Learjet? On on very unlikely. Where is he? He's not here. No, I don't know where he is. He's on here. No. He's signing big deals. <laughs> very, He's trying very to figure out how to get out of my contract. High pressure <laughs> meetings. He's with his lawyer right now going, I got to yeah. get rid of him. Yeah, well, how do we, what do we do? Yeah. What, but what? everybody who says that's crazy for a sports show doesn't turn it off. Everybody I've talked to, they're like, no, that's crazy for a sports no, show. No. I like it. But... If you have not seen this movie uh, called Talk Radio, yeah. 
It is an absolute brilliant film. Oliver Stone wrote it and directed it. It's uh, Eric Bogosian. My brother Alec is in the film. Uh, uh, it, it is it is um, compelling how they shoot this movie inside a radio studio. And it was actually a, a based on a true story about some guy in Utah who ended up being murdered outside the station because he, he was a, a Howard Stern-esque, if you will, you know, ranked on people. He was, uh, I believe he was Jewish. That was part of the storyline, too, that uh, there was a lot of anti-Semitic stuff that came into the, and death threats and everything else. But the point of it was, he has a great scene, Bogosian, where he goes, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. You can't hang up the phone. You need me. You want me. And, and he just, he's got this woman going, I'll, I'll hang up. Go, go ahead, do it. Do it. You can't. I'll do it for you. Click and he hangs up on her. I remember watching that thinking to myself, you know, I knew Howard back in the day and I've done his show many, many times. And the ironic thing about Howard Stern is that he's really nothing like that alter ego that comes on the minute that microphone comes on. He's actually one of the sweetest, nicest, caring, loving dad, husband to Beth now and before that with his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he's a really, really good guy. Um, But uh, man, you turn that microphone on. And he's the devil. What yeah. are you doing over there? Are you no. looking at me trying to... No, trying to... Selzone just saw that my microphone was unplugged. That's how professional this broadcast was. Wow. I, I had been talking Did he give you this, for... You've been talking and it was I've going through I've been talking for about 30 seconds and... Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like, you, I'd like you to meet Josh. I'd like you to meet Josh, my co-host. I've been talking and... Uh, Thank you. Nothing this was is the sa- This is the subtle sabotaging that's going on on my show right now. What? It's the subtle no, sabotage. No, not at all. I just, Tell the truth. I swear to you, I, I, I kept moving my mouth and Joe was looking at me. And... Actually, I thought my headphones were too low. That's why. <laughs> That's why I couldn't tell at first if your mic was on or not. No. What a no, terrible your, thing to do to the yeah, audience. It's, it's, Don't I'm you know sorry. that they hang on every word you I say? Know, I know they do. I know. <laughs> Get involved. Right here. 288-0644. 288-0644. That is the text line here to the Daniel Baldwin Show. And, of course, phones are open. 437-7644. What are we going to do now? You want to go to break now and we'll come back? Yeah, we can we'll go to break right, i got now. lots of segments right now. i, I got like lots it. of stuff to talk about. We're getting the dust off. We weren't here uh, yesterday. We're getting I know, the dust I'm off. I'm excited. There it is. Come back. ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. You like let, that? Let me tell you something. First of all, the great one, Jason Klug, uh, you know, he's he's like one of the head guys. I think he like runs a whole place secretly. I mm-hmm. think he does. I mm-hmm. think Jason Klug is... The head man. The I've agent. never met him, but I've heard his voice, and I look forward to meeting him. Klug is one of the best guy, innovator in music. You know, had a long career. Uh, you know, could have gone on to do many, many different things he wanted to as a musician himself. And uh, and and so after he got involved in produ- production in, in music. Uh, he somehow ends up over at Delago, and they're so lucky to have this guy. Sure. This guy is, is just a—he's one of the straight shooter guys that does what he says and says what he does. Mm-hmm. You know, so he has been someone I've been talking to about us. You know, a couple different events. We talked about maybe doing a celebrity poker. He was let me know when. Yeah. We talked about uh, we could always do some kind of a through your other show a music yeah. venue there. They would do something. They some got kind awesome of stuff over there. They got awesome. You know, venue. man, they just it, the the great thing about them and why I'm so excited that they came to us and asked to be a sponsor on the show is like Liverpool Pool and Spa. Mm-hmm. They're the best there is. Sure. I mean, you know, I've been to the other casinos. They're lovely. It's great. But this place is by far the nicest casino, the hotel there. If my wife, Robin, goes into a hotel room and says, I really like it, it's nice here, she's been to the nicest hotels in the world. You know, So when she's impressed and she likes the way it is and the service and everything else, then you know you did all right. When I say to her, let's have date night, we'll get a sitter, she says every time, well, let's go to Del Lago. 
Very nice. Yeah, we can go wherever we want to go. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go to Del Lago. So there's a hats off to Jason Klug and Del Lago, the sponsor of our show. You don't know how much we appreciate and love you, and, and uh, we're really happy to have you guys on board. Devontae Smith. What does that name mean to you, Joe? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now you know now. I know because we talked about it before we did the show. Talk about it. Yeah. Is Devontae Smith the wide receiver who caught the ball <laughs> to win the national championship? Is he going to be a footnote in history? I feel so bad for this guy because no one is saying his name. He got around the coverage and catches the ball, and it reminds me of, tell me if you know this name, Phelan. Jimmy. Close. <laughs> oh, I don't know, no. But very close. Gerard, I believe it's Gerard Phelan. All right. Why is he famous? Did he catch a ball? Because he was Doug Flutie's roommate oh! that caught that crazy catch you know, in the yep. Orange Bowl to win yep. the national championship for Boston College. No one remembers his name. Mm-hmm. Doug Flutie gets a cover of Wheaties, he Flutie Flakes, and goes on to become a folklore hero in Boston College and national history, and no one remembers that Phelan, his roommate, caught the ball. Is this going to happen to Devontae Smith? I hope not. I mean, this is a this was a game winning catch. This is a national championship winning catch. Yeah. He he gets behind coverage on second and twenty six <laughs> and ends the national. He wins the national championship catching a ball, a perfectly thrown ball. I might add, had he dropped it, he'd yeah. have been he'd have been everyone's footnote of as the greatest choke in the history of all time. I'm going to bring up another name, Mackie Brown. Mackie Brown. M e h k i Brown. Is, oh. Mac, is Mackie is Mackie Brown done? Is Mackie Brown done? Joe Absolutely, Sazo? yeah. Done, finished, I finito. Think, I think he's finished. Yeah. Is Mackie Brown done? Well, you showed me the clip, and I started digging a little bit, but st- go where you're going. Okay, so so where do you see this, Joe? Yeah. So Alabama's down 20 to 10, and this guy gets a, a, a flag on you know a late hit, like a terrible, stupid play, where he fouls the, the player, roughs the pass, whatever the hell he did. And, and and they throw the flag 15 yards, gives Georgia, continues their drive. They're right down by 10. It was a, just a disciplined, stupid decision. He comes to the sidelines, and Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, buries him, screaming at him, grabbing his face mask the whole bit. He then walks away from Saban, and the, the guy's name is Kerry Stevenson, who's the director of player development, gets in his ear and starts yelling at him again. He charges the director of player development on the sidelines and tries to punch him in the face. <laughs> a player, a college player, and it's all caught on video. Mm-hmm. So he gets he gets uh, tackled almost or, or pulled away by Keith Holcomb, a, a linebacker on Alabama who has to restrain him physically. Now the question is, now it's the dust is settled. What do you do with a guy that tried to punch a coach in the face? Is he a coach or just like a staff member? Not that it matters, but he's like a staff member. <laughs> was, <Yeah>. she, <laughs> was she attractive when he abused yeah, her? I mean, yeah, right. Or was she really not that good looking? No, he's one. <laughs> like, what are you talking the about? The player relations guy, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's even worse for him. He's uh, <laughs> should he be fired? You know, he, he's the player development guy. Obviously, you haven't developed Mr. Brown very well. Right, right. That he's trying to punch you in the face on the sidelines on national television but but as far as a, a disciplinary example to the rest of the team this guy's got to be loaded up and sent on a bus for sure oh, I, really? Even I though- cannot imagine now I think what they're going to do because they're part of the Alabama football machine he's a valuable asset he came in to make some very big plays they didn't even bench him for doing it I don't mm-hmm. know that Saban knew he took a swing at him but but 
I think because he's about, they're going to say, well, we're going to reprimand him. We're going now. If he was some scrub that was never going to play, he'd be off that team so fast. Yeah, but no, no I, I if I'm the coach. I don't see how you could leave a guy on a team that thought for any reason that he could aggress someone physically that was on the coaching staff. Yeah, I, not a chance. I mean, these are these are essentially kids. No, and, and not to mention the fact that half of them could beat the crap out of every coach on the team. So yeah, exactly it's not, right. It's not like you're dealing with peewee football players where you could restrain the kids. Hey, you can't bite me. You know, no. He he tried to to deck this guy. A lot of the reports are what you're saying though. They're 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 upset about the coaches not being able to get this kid in line. Like they're not necessarily mad at Mackey. They're mad at the coaches for not handling him. You know, I I remember Latrell Sprewell. Do you remember that name? He yes. was a New York Nick and he went after PJ Carlissimo. He grabbed him by the throat and, and strangled him for a second during a practice or something. And, and Carlissimo, admittedly, and people that witnessed the situation said that he was really going after him. And remember, this is a grown man who's a pro basketball player. So, you know, but but at the end of the day, Sticks and stones can, may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. What I say to when someone puts their hands on me, that's completely different than mm-hmm. someone saying. And I, and I, Jesus, man, I, I can't tell you how many times when I was in a lot better shape and a lot younger, and, and certainly much more capable of battling some college beer muscles kid, mm-hmm. that I walked into a, a restaurant, and by the end of the time, the people that noticed that you were there, and I had some 22-year-old former you know, Marine Corps kid who just got off the boat from Iraq say, hey, Baldwin, your movies suck, yeah. you know, and, like, and screaming at me, and, and he, you know, you want to go, you know, and you're looking at the guy going... I'm going to stab him in the head. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to kill this kid. Yeah. They, they have, you, you, you don't know when you're 18 what a 32-year-old guy can do to you. And, yeah. And, you know, because you, you're, you're impervious to any pain. And right. obviously the alcohol has kicked in. But the same, but, but again, I don't want to get so far. Well, actually, I do want to get off the subject. Sure. Anyway, so another guy came up. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, this guy's got to go. I, th- I think from a disciplinary standpoint, in order to set the example, because it's going to blow up now. With a, they're all going to celebrate, and this is going to get more attention in weeks to come. And it is. Uh, yeah, it, it already is getting a lot of attention. I think he's gone. That's another development as of the game. And I, now... Yeah, go ahead. And now, no, I want to hear your opinion on no, it. No, I just... I, I, think that, I think that like it blows up. And this might be some... There's going to go two ways, right? So it's either going to blow up a lot today, tomorrow, and then go away in three days, or... Everyone's holding Nick Saban's feet to the fire, saying you can't ignore this behavior. Something needs to be done long term. Well, you know, and here lies, you know, the the successful politician, the successful athlete, the successful entertainer. When you're on a TV series and you're on Friends, and one of the cast has a serious drug problem and it comes out, but you know, you're not going to hear anything. You know, uh, you're not going to hear a, a Charlie Sheen "We're Concerned for Him" story when you're on the show that's number one mm-hmm. and you're you know two and a half men and he's making two point something million dollars per episode, and the ratings could get hurt. So a network is behind helping him and caring. When you're on the worst show on TV and you know you're not an asset to them, watch how quickly they go, yeah, you're done. You know, yeah. you're done. So so that is that unfortunately is going to, in my opinion, be part of the business decision that will be made as far as what they're going to do. I will say that knowing Alabama, knowing the, you know, that part of the country and knowing big time sports, there's a very good chance that they're going to get him into anger management classes. And they're going to, he said the exact best thing he could have said after the game. He said, you know what? I wanted to win. Mm -hmm. 
I really wanted to win, and I realized that my penalty could have cost us the national championship. So I was really angry at that. Now, you can say whatever the reasons are that you do something that's an aggressive act, but at the end of the day, you've committed an aggressive act. Sure. So what will the penalty be for that? I personally would let him go. I would I would give him a free transfer to another school. I would ask the NCAA to not make him sit out a season because we're letting him go and let him transfer, hopefully not to somebody who he's going to come back and, and make you pay for letting him go, like the same team in your division. But, but yeah, I would let him go. I doubt that will happen. I doubt that will happen. What do you think about the fact that none of these kids can go pro now? Like they're like this is a freshman that threw the threw the game winning pass. Right, he's got to sit for what two years? Is that the rule with the NFL? Uh, yeah, I think that's changed. I think it's now nineteen. I think that uh, you know you can you can leave. Uh, you can't leave after his first. No, he'd have to sit out at least one year now before right. he'd be eligible to play in the NFL. He could sign with an NFL team. Some of these guys now are signing out of high school. They just they're signing their letter of who they're going to go with, right? And they're making your contract but receiving no money. It's it. Listen, there's a uh, baseball kids that get signed. You know that are in junior high school now. Junior high school kids. I, I believe it. Yeah. Sign letters because if a kid comes up, the average of a kid that's thirteen that can throw eighty miles an hour, mm-hmm. they do the the mathematical projection on him. That means by fifteen he's going to throw eighty eight. By you know, and they do the he's going to be that good, and they sign him. Now, why is it with football they've got to wait, but with a basketball you can go right out of high school? Whose kid? To. Whose kid? There's some coach. There's some coach's kid that's in like grammar school. Yeah. That's already six one, and they're saying that he's got like the Houston Rockets signed yeah. him or something. There's, the, the, there's long term, you know, commitment yeah. This is letters ten being years made, yeah. out of when he'd be eligible to play. Yeah, some crazy stuff. Did you see the thing about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has a uh, uh, the quote is it's time to pay the tab for Amer- America's college athletes, and it's what we were saying, and I was saying to you all along. Why don't we pay these kids to play? And I have now the factual numbers according to Kareem's article and a couple other articles I looked at. And after we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you why if we want to make this fair and we want to do what would be, in my opinion, the right thing by college athletes, particularly in big-time SEC and some of these division programs, we have to start to pay them. We'll come back. It's the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Did you miss in the booth with Matt Park? Tim Brando of Fox and Raycom. I don't see the ACC as talented and as deep this year as the Big East or the Big 12. And I think the Big 10 is probably right there with the ACC. Maybe not quite as good, but close. Those are, the, I think, the top leagues. And, and the SEC is actually making a bit of a resurgence. In the booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Del Wow! You like it? The sponsor shout. It is. It was a sponsor shout out. I like it. Back from the break. Uh, You know, I'm going to go back into the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar article about having to pay the athletes and it's time to give them their just deserve. But something just came up while we were on the break as I was talking with producer Larry and and Josh. Mm. Um, I think we need an intern on the show. I think we should get a volunteer intern to work on the show. We can find them. All right. So we're going to, no, 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 no. We're going to take submissions. 
Uh, you need to text us or email us. Where should they email? Email is better. Uh, Who do we email? Do we have an email? I don't even know. Email at baldwinhelp at iCloud.com. B-A-L-D-W-I-N-H-E-L-P at iCloud.com. I'm pretty sure there's a more uh, formal process for getting interns. Oh, good. How, what's the process? I, I have no idea. Call, Lar- <laughs> call, Lar- call Larry. Larry Love. Larry Love. Larry Love. Please send multiple pictures to Dr. Larry Love. Yeah. So you can email me. I will be sure to be very professional and turn mm. it over to the boys. Um, uh, we need an intern. Now, do we have preferences? Do we want male or female? Do we care? I don't think in this time of uh, climate we can say if we have preferences. We don't have Larry? I think you know my preference. But he's smiling. Incri- that's, that's female. That's female. Yeah. That was a female smile. Yeah. That's Larry. Be the first woman he's seen I think it should be done very appropriately. I think there are other challenges. Female. <laughs> <laughs> he got snagged. Yeah. He got snagged. All right. So um, we want we want female. All you guys are out. We can sue us for discrimination. Wow. You're done. You can send your submission. You're never going to get the job. 288 is text line. You have to be willing to be on camera certainly we need to have you in here if we need you in here and you have to be able to put up with miss robin who will be scowling at you she like the intern uh wrangler the intern yeah we can have robin be the intern mom yeah oh i like that the we hot... have more interns than we have staff the members. hot mom yeah we should let's we should have it like up. 20 interns let's look. we got to talk to the great one about how we need the expanded room. We need, the, we need Liverpool yeah. pool and spa to put a hot tub in gotta here. Gotta get the tub in here. We gotta get Take a nice you know, athlete, athletic girls, mm-hmm. athletic girls in the hot tub. Sure. Talk about think about what we could do with the show. Think about how enormous it would be. And unlike the NCA, we will pay. Oh, we will pay if the show grows. So will your salary. Wow, very exciting. So will your salary. Show your dedication in the size of your bikini. Hello. These are just we're just looking for people who are like the out of work uh, Buffalo Jills, Larry. That's all. Yeah, it that's is. all we want, Larry. Nothing. Uh, we're going to let you screen all the interviews. No. Will be done by Larry Love. <laughs> Larry Love. We Larry, don't get nobody. That will be the most. That will be the most diverse interview. Do you eat food? <laughs> Do you breathe regularly? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. I got a um, feeling Larry would make uh, Harvey Weinstein look like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Harvey Weinstein look like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Are we on know. the Harvey Weinstein watch based on my, my prediction? Uh, w- w- if he dies? I didn't, I, I didn't, oh, he's gone. He's gone inside a year. <laughs> remember I, remember I, know, I said you it. called it. Remember I said it. The great one has spoken. He's gone. Yeah. If you're listening, Harvey, I miss you. Oh, he's good. <laughs> It's going to be taken away in some kind of gone. You can't take away all somebody's silly putty and expect them to have fun. Wow, Um, I don't even know what that means. But okay, we're going to keep going. I'm on a roll. What are you doing? This is like, don't you remember that great scene in Animal House when he starts going through the speech and Otter goes to him? Go, he's on a roll. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Can't take away all the man's silly putty. There, uh, get this number. Go ahead. SEC schools pay an average of one hundred and sixty-three thousand. $931 $931 per year per football player. So we did the math. We took 60 football players. You're going to do the math right now? You got your calculator coming out? No, he's no. he's on Snapchat. Give me this number really quick, would you? No, don't, don't make him do work. Calculator. Yeah, he's going to actually stay on the show. <laughs> you ready? Please. 163,000. So 163,931. 163,931. Times 60. It's like nine million something. 
$9,835,860. So it costs an SEC school $9 million plus dollars per year to have their football program. Do you know what Alabama took in in 2016 as their revenue for, for football? $103 million. So they're netting $94 million yeah. in 2016 right. on their football program alone. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to tell me, and based on what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and myself have been saying for a long, long time, you shouldn't just pay these guys? Because remember something, exactly what you said about the freshman kid. What if he blows his knee out next year? He's out. He came in for a half. He's going to play a whole season next year. He was on the team the whole year this year. And the chances of him playing quarterback, no matter how well he plays in the NFL, with 32 teams, and, and there's only 32 quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. you know, what are the chances he's going to be involved with a team that makes $90 million do a lot to what he did out on the field? Yeah. So why would you not take this kid? I mean, I'm not even talking about a lot of money. Why wouldn't you not take this kid and pay him twenty grand a month? You know, in, in some economies, twenty thousand dollars. I don't think there's anybody in this radio station that works here that wouldn't take twenty thousand dollars a month, and it would be a a, 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 a super pay hike. That would take twenty thousand dollars a year, right. In radio, so 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 so, so <laughs> right. why would you not? Based on the position, and if you're a starter on offense or defense, find some scale that's fair. When you think a university is making ninety four million dollars in one year off of these young athletes, because a lot of them are going to go, if they finish their education, is great, and they're going to go back and they're going to get a job and they're going to start at $30,000 a year or whatever. This guy could have, you know, 20 grand for 14, 13 games, yeah. put away in a nest egg for him in a fund, properly managed, and he walks out with a couple hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. He gets his house, he gets a car, yeah. he gets a nice thank you as he walks out and still has 150 grand in the he bank. Made te- he made money for the team. My God, it's only fair to do that. I mean, people are making a lot of money off of this kid's success, and I don't understand why when, the, when they're going to sanction teams because the temptation of that kid, knowing he's probably not going to go Bro, what do mm-hmm. you do with a guy who plays at Tennessee, who he knows he's not going to be in the first four rounds drafted, mm-hmm. and he's probably not going to play in the NFL, but he gives four years of his blood, sweat, and tears to a team in a university that maybe Tennessee doesn't make the same money as Alabama, but I guarantee they're making money too. So why would you not scale that based on you, you take 10% of what the team makes, whatever it is, yeah. and divide it up into whatever and break it up, and that kid might make $3,000 a game. I don't yeah. know, but he should get something so that the the allure of having someone offering him a car illegally that's going to sanction a whole team or, or cause him to do something that's illegal and cost the team wins and postseason play and all this other stuff, just make a fair pay him. I, I, I believe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is absolutely right. There's a lot of money involved here, and we should pay these college athletes on some type of sliding scale. And I'm sure he'll talk about it during his show, Brent Axe, but he tweeted out a, a graphic of the bonuses the team Coaches get yeah. Did you see the ninety eight thousand dollars one for of them the got? strength the conditioning strength conditioning coach. coach? What do the players get? Like a Big Mac and fries? Like what are you giving them? Not even unless a, unless a coach bought. Oh a yeah, that's with... right. You can't have it. No, you can't. The strength coach, like you said, makes ninety six thousand dollars. The uh, defensive coordinator gets a bonus of two hundred thirty four thousand dollars. Well, here's something I don't understand about that. So you're the strength coach. By the time you get to the game for the national championship, mm-hmm. you're already as strong as you're going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, the defensive coordinator is going to be involved in the outcome of that game. So he's going to make game time decisions 
I can see why he might get a little bit of a bar. The strength guy's already done. Yeah, he's strength strong. guy's he's done. Strong. He's done. You're strong. He, he did, did it. You're strong. Yeah. You're strong. Now, I'm sure this is his contract, but Nick Saban only gets a $100,000 bonus only. But I say only. But what does he make a year? Exactly. Gruden just signed a contract with the Raiders. 10 years, $100 million, John Gruden, to leave the, the uh, broadcast box and to go as the coach of the Raiders. Now, the Raiders, and I've told a lot of people who haven't probably thought of this, and they said, well, you know, that that's that's a lot of money, $100 million. I go, he's never going to last 10 years, and he's never going to coach them because they're going to move to Las Vegas. and buy, So it's going to be an incentive-driven thing for as long as he stays there. But still, if he stays four years, it's $40 million. Yeah. $40 million to coach, but I'm going to send a young kid with a gun in his hand to a foreign country and let him get shot at to try to keep us free. And I'm paying him, you know, a bag of donuts and uh, and, and a six-pack of Fresca. I got uh, Mark on Twitter asking you a question. I think you, you kind of answered. He said, what about the sports that lose money? Like the swim team or whatever. But it's a sliding scale, like you right, said. Right, right. Well, and, and listen, there has been for a long time in Major League Baseball, Mark, revenue sharing. So when you're the market and you're the New York Yankees and you're the Milwaukee Brewers trying to compete with the New York Yankees, you can't do that. The Brewers aren't going to. So there is stuff that they do that they share revenue from the teams for television and so on. So in other words, when Milwaukee comes and plays the Yankees, the Yankees cut Milwaukee more money than they would normally play because they're going to get more attention because mm-hmm. they're playing the Yankees. Yeah. So the Yankees cut checks. The, the the league takes a certain amount of money out and distributes it to teams to keep it as balanced as they can. But again, I remember the conversation I had with George Steinbrenner when he said, no, I don't care really how much it costs me to field the best team in baseball. I know my salaries are almost two to one higher than any other team in Major League Baseball. And I said, why wouldn't that concern you? There is a business aspect of it. I said, do do you sell that many ships in your shipping business that it just doesn't matter to you? He said, no, I've never had a single season as the owner of the New York Yankees that the sale of our hats didn't cover every single bill that we have. He said, think about it for a minute. In Japan, New York on the hat. In Europe, New York. Where else do you see the brand? Yeah. of the New York Yankees that's worldwide. He goes, and this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. He said, at $25 a hat, if I sell 20 million hats a year, <laughs> I started trying to do the math. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, it's $100 million in hats. Sure. $500 million mm-hmm. in hats. And that was back then. Hats are like 60 bucks a piece now. So you know, there, there's, there's the have and the have-nots, which is what's happened to our economy all around the world. You know, But I think that you have to ask in Alabama... To help, so certainly there are teams that have so much money. At what point do you say, you know, you have so much that you need to share it in those games when you play the other universities? So maybe Alabama takes in that Tennessee game and they say, on that particular game, we made, you know, $7 million. We're going to cut you $2 million of it. Yeah. And the other teams, Florida or whoever, who make a lot, they cut that team a little check to keep them floating. You know, and you realize that. You realize that I'd rather play at Alabama. They play. They pay more. Yeah. Alabama's going to pick who they want. Yeah. But and, and and still, unfortunately, it used to be I'd rather go to Duke and play a ball at Duke because the education at Duke is better than the education at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen as much anymore. And it the doesn't. point you brought up, uh, not in this segment, but we were talking off air, you're like, well, because uh, the people, the response will be, well, what's the value of their education? Your point was just, just give them an invoice for the in, in, 
education. Right. I'll so, pay you. Yeah. You, you, you. Well, well, the reason why they were deducted from the salary. Yeah, deducted. Yeah. Deducted from the counted in there. Yeah. Counted tuition in. and housing and all that's fifty grand a year. Take it out. Yeah. Then watch the university would then write it off. The university is writing off the cost of that athlete. You realize that, right? Yeah. So you 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 inevitably are paying tax wise for that kid to play football at that school. Think about it. The university is a business. So the university says in order to have the football program at our university, it costs us nine million something dollars. They're writing that off as a business expense against the money that they made in revenue as an expense, which means we as citizens or a citizen of Alabama is essentially taking a shot at somebody who's making $90 million a year gets to have that as a tax write-off to run their business. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Think about it that way. Have your voice heard on the Daniel Baldwin Show right now, brought to you by Liverpool we Pool need interns. and Spa. We need interns. We need, we need dozens interns. of them. Larry's interviewing. 288-0644 is the text line. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Great moments happen here. Three receivers right, one to the left, straight back to pass. Going deep, throwing it down the far sideline, and it is caught for a touchdown! Devontae Smith wins the national championship down the left sideline and wide open. You, the sports everyone else is just talking about. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. All right, now I got to ask you something. Is it because we have such a predominantly male listening audience that, you you know, if you're out there and you're a guy listening to the show, you can pimp us, you know, your, your woman and send her in here. We'll make her famous. We'll make her famous on the show. Obviously, so, yeah, that has an element to do with it. There, but yeah, pimp it out. Don't be afraid. Embrace your filth. We've received a submission already. We have a submission. Yes. Uh, so can we Facebook this person? Can we say this person's name? This since I don't know their name. It's it's an anonymous submission, but... Uh, <laughs> that's that's always healthy. I want to apply for the internship. I'm a 32-year-old female. I live in Syracuse. I have a uh, son and a spouse who is a soldier and currently deployed. I love sports. I know a lot. Where can I apply? Please don't discriminate because I'm married. You're a front runner. You're front a front runner. runner right now. You're yeah. a front runner for one reason. Your husband is help keeping us free and gives us the ability to actually have this show by serving this great Absolutely. nation. Absolutely. So we're going to say that you are a front runner right now. Send us a picture now. Oh, oh Larry. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I have a conspiracy theory about the Love national these. championship last night. And here's my conspiracy theory. Now, Joe, I know you're a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. so I want to get your input on this. Could it be that the Russians were involved in the outcome of this game. Now, this comes to me from a big, deep, deep throat type contact that I have in Washington, in the Capitol. I'm I'm talking somebody who's in the know. I'm not going to say the name of the senator. Oops, I said it was a senator. (laughs) But this is what he says. He thinks that the Ruskies tapped into the sideline communications and that they knew what defense that Georgia was going to use. They then took their findings and sent them via tweet, private message to President Trump, who was in his executive box. Trump then sent his findings down to the sidelines to Nick Saban. And Nick Saban knew what offensive plays to call because he knew what was going on. Now, the reason why I believe it. this theory came about it's because none other than Hillary Clinton placed a sizable bet during the fourth quarter of the Alabama game wow. on Alabama. 
with Clinton Foundation money. Wow! I cannot confirm or deny any of that. I cannot but... confirm or deny any of it, but this is the theory that's going on right now, Ooh. Joe Salzone. Joe, yes, no? No. Oh. No. Joe Salzone. <laughs> I'm going to buy it, though. I don't care. I love, I love, I love it. Over the Hillary. I Making money it. again on the American people. I like uh... it. So how much time do we have left? We are wrapping here. Show? Are we wrapping up? We have uh, 30 wrapping. seconds. We have 30 seconds. Tonight, Syracuse University has Virginia, Virginia number on three, the road. Number three, Virginia in Virginia. Number three. Blood and bath. I'm going to tell you that it's not looking good for us. Polly the Mole, enjoy your drive. Enjoy your drive, Polly, and uh, we will see you tomorrow here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. Brett Axe is up next on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. 